Hello and welcome to Brighter Business, the Oakland podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to interesting people about the big changes that are shaping organisations and industries. I'm Harry Lloyd, a consultant here at Oakland, and today we are going to be exploring the role that carbon offsetting plays for organisations in achieving their sustainability goals. Organisations across the globe are rushing to establish their green credentials, with announcements of carbon neutral and net zero goals saturating the media. However, these objectives are almost unachievable for all businesses without offsetting a proportion of their current and future emissions. Purchasing carbon credits is fast becoming the favoured choice for offsetting, but how can organisations be confident they're choosing a project, credit or provider which really makes sustainable impact? To unpack this important topic, for today's discussion, I'm joined by Tracy West, the co-founder and CEO of the Word Forest organisation, and one of our very own Dominic Herndl, a partner here at Oakland and our CSR Working Group sponsor. So without further ado, welcome Tracy and Dom. Wow, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for asking me. Thanks, Harry. Great to have you both. I think just to kick us off, um, it's worthwhile noting that at Oakland, I think we're incredibly fortunate to work within a business that places such high value on creating a sustainable workplace and also our overall CSR approach as a business. As a core part of our CSR initiative, we have two successful charity partnerships, one with Young Minds and the other, of course, with the Word Forest organisation. And I think that's a really fitting place for us to start today's discussion. Tracy, would you mind providing a bit of an introduction to Word Forest? Absolutely. Uh, Word Forest is five years old and we plant trees, build schools, facilitate education and support women's empowerment in Kenya, in rural Kenya. Aside from the building projects, we do much the same in the UK, but on a, a considerably smaller scale. And the reason for that is trees in the tropics grow up to 10 times faster than anywhere else on the planet. So, you know, for me, a a passionate environmentalist, if we're going to do anything to really mitigate climate change, it's a perfect place to to plant those trees. And of course, the women's empowerment, the education, all those things link together to ensure that those trees grow on and live and provide food, fruit. You know, they're not just mitigating climate change. They're actually reducing poverty and hunger too. So it's a win-win-win situation. Thanks, Tracy. Amazing to hear some of the initiatives which the Word Forest team are working on there. And, And certainly in terms of the carbon and climate impact as well. Touching on carbon there, Dom, do you mind explaining to us exactly what offsetting is? Yes, thanks, Harry. It's a good question, and actually it's a more complicated one than you might think. To understand transparency and carbon offsetting, it's essential we make a distinction between two very different worlds. The first is the world of carbon credits, which is for large companies and governments who are subject to carbon compliance mechanisms like the EU emission trading scheme. In those kind of schemes, companies or governments have to declare their carbon emissions each year, which have to be within an agreed cap. Companies that are under their cap can sell their unused quotient as individual credits through a carbon credit trading scheme to companies or governments who are over their cap who need to buy credits to meet their obligation. Like any liquid commodity, these credits can be traded in a variety of forms, including options and futures, on one of a number of exchanges that support carbon credit trading. At the other end of the scale, we have a voluntary set of schemes where small and medium-sized businesses or individuals like you and me can voluntarily offset our carbon emissions through an offsetting scheme. 
These work very simply by paying a calculated offset figure, normally online, directly to a carbon reduction project or organisation. The amount that you pay equates to the amount of carbon you generate through whatever activity you are looking to offset, like running your domestic heating or taking a flight to go on holiday. Voluntary offset schemes typically invest in carbon-reducing initiatives like wind farms or hydroelectric dams, or in energy efficiency projects like efficient cookstoves, all of which reduce global carbon emissions. The problem for a long time has been how to work out whether the scheme you are thinking of offsetting through is legitimate and genuinely going to achieve a net carbon reduction, or, however well-intentioned, is it a badly run scheme and a waste of money. This situation is being, is being improved by the emergence of a number of trustworthy emission reduction certification programmes like the Verified Carbon Standard or the Gold Standard. These bring transparency to anyone like you or me thinking of offsetting because they insist on explicit standards that have to be achieved before any offsetting investment can take place. And importantly, they audit each project to ensure it's doing what it claims to do before an accreditation stamp is awarded. So it's the efforts of the offset accreditation schemes that are key to achieving the transparency that people like you and me have been looking for before we feel we can invest with confidence in a carbon offset scheme. So at the simplest level, we can think about carbon credits that relate to large-scale trading of capped carbon positions within a compliance-driven regulated market for governments and major corporations, which is quite different to carbon offsetting, where individuals like you and me make voluntary investments in carbon-reducing projects and where the transparency comes through the accreditation from the trusted certification programmes that give us the peace of mind about parting with our cash, knowing that it's going to achieve the outcome that we were looking for. Thanks for such a comprehensive answer there, Dom. I think that's going to support the rest of the discussion today, certainly. If we take a little bit of a step back to look from a bit of a wider lens then, Dom, do you feel there's enough transparency within the global carbon offsetting market as a whole? Yeah, so you, you, you could talk about a lot of things when you talk about transparency with with offsetting. And I, I think one of the things to note is that the, the services that are provided and the accreditation systems that sit alongside them are changing very quickly. But I think it's important to note that they're changing quickly after quite a poor start. And although they're increasingly well-regulated and trustworthy now, the, the early attempts at the offsetting schemes were, were quite often poorly managed and resulted in money being wasted or, in some cases, misappropriated. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I you know the, the, the famous example, the most famous example was in 2006, the, Cold, the band Coldplay, they wanted to offset the carbon that had been produced in the creation of their album, A Rush of Blood to the Head, and they invested in a mango plantation in southern India. But the scheme was managed very badly, and the outcomes were disappointing. And, and I'm sure the band were disappointed because they hadn't achieved what mm. they wanted, and some of the money had been wasted. But of course, it hit the headlines. And I think it generated a lot of distrust in an already sceptical public. And, and, and since then, I think people have been really unsure and, and there's been this kind of public reluctance to embrace the opportunity through presented through offsetting as, as only one tool in a much wider set of tools and changes that we need to be thinking about. But certainly people were quite sceptical. Now since then, carbon offset accreditation schemes have been developing. And the idea of these schemes is that they 
objectify, by which I mean they define and set out very clearly what good looks like and how a well-run scheme should operate. And then they, if you like, almost audit how things are being run and what results are being delivered so that people who are investing, people or organisations who are investing in offsetting, can be confident that the money that they're spending is delivering the results that they wanted to see. The two most widely known are the the Verified Carbon Standard, or VCS, or the, the Gold Offsetting Standard, or Gold Standard. Both are methodologies that are used to, if you like, calculate and project how much carbon needs to be saved, and then make sure that the projects are bona fide and are delivering what they say they will, and that consumers can be confident that their investment promises will be met. And those two schemes have come a long way to helping organisations that would provide offsetting schemes deliver deliver them in a way that works and help consumers or organisations who want to invest with the best intentions be confident that the outcome will be achieved. And can I just add to that, actually, because obviously we're knee deep in um, accreditation. <laughs> We've been in a four hour meeting today. It's been heavy, broken only by some rather nice vegan sandwiches. But anyway, uh, I was very inspired to see that one of those schemes has a 30 year oversee to their projects. And that's an ex- that's a that's a that's great. That's what it should be. It should be I mean, 30 years is a long time, maybe 20 years I'd have been impressed with, 30 I'm blown away by. It's it's like if you've seen our documentary, Trees of the Key, narrated by Kate Winslet, just sliding that in. If you've seen Trees of the Key, you'll see Cyprian Agoti, who's one of uh, the wonderful trusted partners we work with in Nairobi. Uh, he's a wonderful tree planting um, project lead. And he says, you know, tree planting, it's like having a baby. You wouldn't have a baby and leave it in the corner to just look after itself. It's the same thing with a tree. You've got to put the tree in the ground. You've got to look look after that tree. You've got to bring it on and make sure that it's safe and good. Not just in its critical first three months, which are the most important, you know, it's the most important bit where it's getting its roots down and just kind of finding its way. But beyond that, you know, once it's, I mean, gosh, as I said, they grow so quickly. A mango tree, for example, at five years is 12 foot tall. So break that down into subsequent years and you can imagine the growth in a year. It's it's still quite significant. It's, um, it's quite impressive. But you can get marauding baboons just knocking things down just because they're playing and being, you know, frisky and silly. You've got it, We can replace those trees if we've got someone out there every week checking to see that they're done. So this 30-year checkover period, just to make sure everything is good, I think that's brilliant. That's going to create employment. It's going to give a real feel-good factor to the, to the organisation or the individual. I mean, individuals can offset their carbon too. To anybody that, um, that decides to do that, it's going to give them a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing, knowing that it's, um, it's, they're going to carry on growing to maturity, which is the key objective. So other than that warm, fuzzy feeling you've mentioned there, Tracy, if I, for say, as an individual, wanted to offset some of my own emissions, mm-hmm. how could I go about choosing a carbon credit which is having the desired impact? There are several schemes out there, as Dominic mentioned earlier. Um, if you decide to, you know, if you if you go on holiday once or twice a year, if you if you eat meat occasionally, if you drive a car occasionally, you know, don't do excessive mileage. I think the average CO2 emission from a UK human is was 10 tonnes. I think it's now nudged up to sort of 12, 12, 15 tonnes per annum. So take, I mean, gosh, you literally just need to sit in front of the internet and pop that in as a, as a search term and you'll be 
met with a, a plethora of choice. What we want to be, what Word Forest wants to be, is in amongst that choice with a highly respected um criteria of not just doing the carbon offset but making sure that a great many other things take place including encouraging those organizations and people out there to reduce their carbon emissions at source in 2009 i wrote a book called the book of rubbish ideas and it was all on ways of how to spend you know how to reduce your rubbish and live more sustainably and in that book i looked at the the history of rubbish you know and i looked at obsolescence obsolescence is fascinating <laughs> critical obsol- obsolescence is amazing so you've got you've got perceived obsolescence you've got you've got planned obsolescence so those trainers are planned to fail in a year's time you're going to be wanting to change them you've got you've got obsolescence being built in and it, it came to be after the war so what the governments of the world wanted to happen was for people to start buying more stuff and getting the economy picking up so they made things cheaper they said well just make things a bit cheaper don't make them quite as good and let's just keep things chicking along on the the till by the tills and we'll pick pick everything back up again and it's 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 a false economy it really is environmentally a very very bad false economy too so point being do some research look at the things that you buy regularly and make better choices find the companies that are doing it properly and support them don why is it that companies need to offset their emissions to achieve their climate goals actually all organizations businesses public sector organizations all organizations need to do a lot more than just offsetting we can't just offset our way out of the problem that isn't a viable strategy lasting and significant change has has got to be global and it has to be fundamental to to combat some of the things that that Tracy was talking about there but what we can do is use offsetting in the short term to make a meaningful contribution both in terms of setting up projects that make a difference and also really building some momentum around the sense that there is public support and public enthusiasm for changing how we see current emissions being generated and how we see current industry patterns so our standard of living at the moment is based on utilities manufacturing shipping supply chains transportation that are all dependent on fossil fuels and we need those to change at scale and at pace things are beginning to change but only very slowly and there's a huge amount more that needs to be done in in all economies in the world not just in the developed world but certainly a huge amount needs to be done to achieve the climate goals that we need to achieve if we're to avoid the worst of what of what Tracy was talking about now at current pace it will take decades to have an impact and we don't have decades to do something about it. No, that is very true. The, a lot of change is needed, but the nice thing about offsetting is that it is a constructive and valid step that individuals and businesses can take now that will have an immediate effect. I I mean that, that is lovely and if I could just 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 jump in and say it, it is wonderful and the carbon offsetting is terrific but it is a stopgap. It is that critical education and it's the of how to decarbonize how to slow down how to change your models because th- those those are the bits that are are so needed and i think 
You do a wonderful job here at Oakland. I was just speaking to Dom prior to this meeting saying how impressed we are at WordForest with the things you're doing, particularly with your CSR team. Every I think, Harry, when you mentioned to me earlier that every time you come into work, someone else wants to join the CSR team, someone else wants to jump, jump in the team. It's before you know it, everybody's going to be in that team because they want to be there. Why do they want to be there? Well, because you're leading the way and you're saying, actually, it's not just a cool thing to do, it's the right thing to do. And we're taking a stance on it and saying, you know, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. It matters. And there are lots and lots and lots of simple initiatives that could take place in offices of all sizes to encourage their staff to do more because they take those habits home and they do them at home. You know, it's it's a it's education that's needed. It's encouragement that's needed. But it's a I don't like the stick and carrot approach. I think carrot approach is great. I don't like the stick approach rather. That's what I meant to say. The stick approach is bad, but we're going to reach a point where the stick approach is kind of needed and people are saying, just get your fingers out and get this done. Well, let's just do this in a willing way, in an embracing way, in an encouraging way. I feel we'll get far better take up. And I think your organisation has a great uh, message to pass on to other organisations. Your job is to tell other companies to behave the way you are, because you're doing a great, you are doing it. We're sitting here doing a podcast about the carbon credits and the global crisis of, of climate. That's impressive in itself. So you don't give yourself enough credit, I don't feel, for the great work that you do within your organisation. Show other people how to do it too. It matters. That's what's needed. That's the stuff that will make the faster change. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Tracy. It's and fact. Management consultants are normally very good at taking credit for anything they possibly can, <laughs> so perhaps we should do more about that. I think you're right, Tracy. I think it is the right thing to do, and we touched on some lovely points there in terms of good practice for organisations. Um, and it's clear from the discussion that offsetting is not the be-all of end-all and should not be the sole approach for businesses. For those businesses who perhaps are not acting in quite the right way, there's a risk of, of course, of greenwashing. Mm. Might you explain, Tracy, exactly what that is and what that means to organisations? Yeah, greenwashing. Well, I mean, greenwashing is when people say, "Well, we're doing, we're doing X, and that's lovely, and they're 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 making whatever X is, but actually behind the scenes they're doing Y and Z, and Y and Z are doing more than X was. So it is about taking um, you've got to do a complete audit of the way you do business the way you create your widget or provide your service you've got to look at the minutiae of what you're doing and the impact that it's having and it is going right back to what Dominic said at the beginning if they create back to x and y if they create x and they offset x well what about the stuff up there what about that historic stuff it's the historic stuff that's really causing great problems so we're not just trying to encourage people to just do to take care of what they've created they've got to do more and the greenwashing thing if if people are taken in by limply um, monitored schemes you know that just purport to do stuff but aren't accredited schemes they run a risk of just being sucked in by a bit of greenwashing and they also run the risk of thinking I've done my bit what are you talking about I'm done I flew to Spain I've bought my trees I'm good here 
And and that's easily done by companies who want to just sort of show you that if you just do this little thing, it will make the world a difference. Yes, you've got to do that. And you've got to be doing lots of lots of other things, too. It's There's not enough clarity. Even in the business world, there's not enough clarity around carbon credits. It's complicated, Harry. It's really complicated. And the criteria is as Dominic said previously, it's just been loose and floppy and well-intentioned, but it's created this problem, and which is why the likes of George Monbiot, who, who I greatly respect, has a very disparaging view on carbon credits because he's thinking that people are going to step forward and say, oh, I, I, I do that. I, I do that thing. I'm fine. I can carry on living my life and doing my work over here and nothing needs to change. Status quo has to change. It has to change. So from what you're saying, do you think there's a risk perhaps that carbon offsetting forms an easy route out for companies who are not willing to do the hard work in Absolutely. reducing their footprint? Absolutely, it does. And they will find firms out there that will say, yep, we'll take your money, we'll do the thing. You mentioned one earlier, um, Dominic, about um, cooking pots for Africa and places like that, where you'd think there's lots of heat, there's lots of sun, you can you can cook things without having them on the fire. Well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And here speaks the girl who built a sun oven in Kenya when I was there last. It was a big thing. It was about, I don't know, um, nearly a metre wide by half a metre deep. And it was a wooden box with another wooden box inside it. It was insulated with materials and things. I can't remember what we put in there. Probably palm leaves and bits and pieces just to insulate it. And then a piece of glass on the top. And you can basically cook a chicken in there, let me tell you. Not that I cook chickens, but you can. You can roast a chicken. They're used in the Arctic. You know, they, they're used in the Arctic to make tea and drinks and make hot water. So you, if, you, if you can do it in those cold conditions, you can do it anyway. You just need the sunshine. But, but, and the cooking pots that you mentioned earlier, the problem with those is they're not cooking on an open fire. So what they're trying to do is get people to reduce the amount of firewood that they cook, uh, cook on, that they use. And what you don't get is the taste and the flavour that you get from smoke. So I know of a scheme where an organisation went in, bought the whole community, a whole load of these lovely pots, and they had them in a box and they were wonderful. And they came back a year later and they said, how are you getting on with your pots? And they went, they're fantastic. And they took them out and they were still in their boxes. They'd never used them or they might have used them for one thing and they put them back in the box. They're brilliant. Still in the box. Why haven't they used them? Because they're not getting the taste of smoke. Because they don't use herbs and spices. They need that taste in the flavour from the from the cooking. You know, so <sighs> things seem simple. The answers seem simple, but the reality <clears throat> is if they don't work for the community, they're not going to, there's not going to be an uptake, really. It's, it's complicated, which is why it needs to be tackled on many, many fronts. Yeah, I think you've summarised it nicely. Some of the situations where perhaps organisations and individuals are guilty of, of, we could call it greenwashing or perhaps just not taking the right approach. Bring it back to organisations, Dom. How is it that businesses can avoid greenwashing? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it it actually comes down to the leadership of organizations taking the challenge seriously. I, th I think, you know, if we if we think about uh, audit and standards compliance, often there's a tick box mentality around what do we have to do to tick the box to have done the thing? And in some cases, those compliance matrices, long, complicated, not particularly exciting forms, international standards, all very important for ensuring 
consumer safety, performance, all the rest of it. But if we adopt that approach and we don't make an agenda real in the minds of the leaders of the organization and the culture of an organization, I think you get a situation where people forgive the cliche, but they they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. I have a great suggestion to that, Dominic, and that is to, uh, I I don't know everything about everything. I certainly don't. I wouldn't purport to know everything about everything, but I know people that do know lots of things about their specialist subjects. They need to get on board a nice climate scientist. So we have a fantastic special scientific advisor called Professor Bill Maguire, and he has his, you know, he has his nose to the grindstone, I think is the way <laughs> the expression is used, isn't it? He's pulling in data and facts from the scientific community, accredited data, accredited knowledge, and he's presenting that. So I get his data and I think about ways to translate, because it's quite scary, most of it. As you know, you've had, you've been billed, as we frequently say. Once you've had Bill Maguire for five minutes, you, you kind of know where we are. If organisations had an association with a climate scientist, if they had someone on board as an advisor, they would be able to help them. If they then had someone like WordForest as a a solution provider, then they could say, okay, this is where we are. This is what's happening. You know, what do we do? Okay, let's focus on... Because Bill's answer... Um, uh, he's a special scientific advisor to us because he believes in the power of planting trees in the tropics. He knows that they absorb 10 times, you know, they grow 10 times faster than anywhere, anywhere else on the planet. Therefore, they are an absolute solution. They're one of the solutions. So we have his support and that's terrific. So I think perhaps what you need to say to all your companies, Dominic, is have a word with the Word Forest organisation and they come with a special scientific advisor who's a climate scientist called Professor Bill Maguire. But the point being, they need to be listening to the scientists. They need to be connecting to the scientists because the scientists are going on strike right now. They're gluing themselves to buildings, for goodness. So why are they doing that? Because they're not being listened to. And what surprises me is our government pivoted. They turned on a dime when they needed to for COVID. We had weekly daily climate uh, 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 broadcasts rather not climate addresses we had daily um, addresses from our prime minister and from 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 number 10 advising us what was going on we need the same on the environment we need to have knowledge imparted from our government to our people to authorities to to businesses to individuals to schools to our education um, establishments and to tell them this is what's happening this is how you can translate this knowledge into something positive and useful do it it all starts with the climate scientists they have to be listened to so to close today's discussion it'd be great to bring the offsetting lanes back to word forest how will the offsetting project support word forest and what is the future vision for your organization tracy thank you for that concluding question harry i think word forest is as i said 5 years old we are a small organization but small but mighty with a very good vision for scaling up our operations over in kenya potentially even further beyond kenya i mean that's quite exciting to be honest kenya has less than 10% canopy cover so we're not going to run out of space anytime soon for planting trees that's fine Um, and there are lots and lots of things that we can do so I think taking word forest to a multi-million pound charity which it deserves to be it has so many facets to it that are not just impactful to our climate but to humans and to wildlife and to mother earth it's 
it's just such, as you said, Dominic, a virtuous circle and it works so well. Scaling up, bringing the money through us will make a huge difference to our planet and to countless people and wildlife. And it will, I think, as well reduce on the human migration and creature migration that is also coming our way. It will reduce it slightly. So it's going to do some incredible work. It's excellent to hear the opportunity that offsetting could pose for Word Forest. Tracy, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. We wish you all the very best with achieving offsetting certification. And once the project is set up, I look forward to becoming a discerning consumer myself and offsetting some of my own emissions with Word Forest. Asante sana marafiki. Thank you, my friend. I know. <laughs> And thanks, Don, for joining us. Some, some excellent points there. It's really good to hear how this is affecting businesses of today. Always a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Harry. <laughs>